you know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie also from quince. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter or or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry and so much more. Like truly the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, If you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, look, I don't know about you, but when I hold on to some negative feelings, it really starts to impact my day to day. Mm. I get a little snippy and short with the people in my life. Things start to really feel overwhelming. And look, it's just generally not great for me or for the people that I am interacting with. And I do find that my time in therapy is a real safe space to get those things off my chest and figure out how to work on and work through things that are weighing on me Mm. or maybe weighing on you. For example, like I have actually really been working on mindfulness in therapy. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Easier said than done, but that's the work, right? Like just learning about kind of like really creating a breathing practice and paying attention to my physical body and my feelings Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and to learn productive coping skills. If you're thinking about trying therapy, try BetterHelp. It's convenient and accessible anywhere because it is 100% online. All it takes to get started is filling out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you're not vibing with the therapist, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Forever35 today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Forever35. Hey, 
Hey, everyone. Welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Kate Spencer. I am Dori Shafrir. And we are not experts. We're just two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. On mini episodes. This is the full-length episode. <laughs> you know, Kate, in my defense, <laughs> I have a stomach bug. You do. I threw up last you night. You sure did. And here I am doing... That's not a good defense. No, but... You, you've you been discombobulated. Now, do you think we should record or should we leave this as a cute blooper? Oh, we should leave this okay. as a cute blooper. <laughs> just to let everyone know how human we are. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Hello. So, yes, I am currently dealing with a strange recurring stomach bug. Yeah, it sounds unfun. It's been exciting at three in the morning to wake uh. up. And, and lay a towel at the foot of my oh, toilet for God. my knees. Oh. <laughs> That feeling is just the worst. It's, How have you been taking care of yourself? Well, well, it luckily it happened over the weekend, and my I just stayed in bed all day, and my husband and the kids just like lived their lives and did stuff and went to the circus and had a great time. Oh, good. Okay, um, so you were able to just sort of hibernate. Yes, but I thought it had gone away, mm. and then come to find out it hadn't. So mm. I, I might have pushed myself a little bit. Yeah. It's hard when you get sick and then you're like trying to jump back into your routine. I know. And you want to feel better. And, yeah. and also you're like sick of being at home and there's things I want to be doing. I totally. have meetings and work and, yeah, you know, like I wanted to go out to dinner last night and that was maybe my downfall. So, um, so, so no here I am. dinners tonight. Nope. I'm eating saltines, jello and chicken noodle soup and a ginger ale. Okay. That is acceptable stomach bug. Uh, nutrients. And I'm going to try not to get anyone in this room sick is the main, my main job here today. Okay. In addition to podcasting. All right. I don't want to get you sick. Yeah, that would kind of suck. Yeah, that would not be fair of me. But, you know, if that's the <sighs> price I have to pay for doing this podcast. <laughs> it's worth it. I'm, I'm okay with that. Here's an interesting thing. Tell me. Skincare while sick. Whilst sick. We learned Dory. that it's pronounced whilst. whilst. Oh, whilst. Yeah. We're going to talk about that. We are going to talk about but that. But a kind person wrote in to tell us we have been saying yes. that word wrong. Yes. So we apologize to all you Brits out there. Yeah. It we must be like nails on a chalkboard. It must be. <laughs> listening to us confidently mispronouncing a word. Uh, uh, sorry, everyone. Yes. But anyway, um, I yeah, have skincare been washing my face while sick. sick. Yeah. Tell me about that. Sorry, there's not much to tell. I just was like, you know what? I'm still going to do it. Good. The first night I was like, forget it. Right. And I just rolled into bed. Mm. And then and then I took an Epsom salt bath. Oh, good. Okay. And washed. And that really helped make me feel better. Getting mm -hmm. clean first, like kind of, uh, you know, eliminated the feeling of gurgly stomach. Right. So here I am. How are you? I am well, thank you. Oh, you're wearing the jacket that you bought that we showed in a live video on our yes, Instagram. that we did an unboxing video for. It's a secondhand Zara jacket. It is a secondhand Zara jacket. Um, you know, it's a little outside my comfort zone, I'm not going to lie, but I am embracing it. I do. I also recently went on ThreadUp and bought something outside of my comfort zone. And? and it hasn't arrived yet, but I'm very excited. The price felt right. That's the thing. The price is right. I feel like I can take a little bit more of a risk. And you know what? So far, I'm enjoying it. It's a really, it's like a, 
a floral bomber jacket. Yes. And it's really cute. Thank you. It's Thank perfect you. for this crisp spring weather we're having. Yeah, it's like cloudy and 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 60 degrees here in Los Angeles today. Can I ask you a question? Yes. You got this jacket on Poshmark, I is did. that right? Which yes. is a website where people sell. It's like a consignment website, essentially. Uh, well, Is that what you would call it? No, because consignment, I think, usually implies that you're like giving it to someone else to sell. And oh. when it sells, you get the money but Poshmark is mostly just people selling stuff I would call it a secondhand marketplace okay secondhand marketplace yeah and you bought it there if it hadn't worked out for you what do you do because I know on Poshmark you can't return the items and I've bought shoes off of Poshmark Mm -hmm. and they've all worked out Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. but what do you have you had that happen where you've purchased something there was one thing I purchased that had a defect okay and if it's defective you can um file like a complaint and I sent in pictures and I was able to send it back to the people who had sold it to me okay. and got my money back. Um, but that only works if it's defective or it was like described incorrectly or whatever. Um, but if you just don't like something or it doesn't fit, you can do what's called a reposh. <laughs> I mean, that's not like an official term, but that's what people refer to it as anyway yes you can resell it on poshmark you can donate it you can try to sell it to someone else but yeah there's no like recourse right so there's a bit of a risk there is a bit of a risk yes and in fact so i i had posted in the facebook group that i really needed like a spring jacket i got a lot of great recommendations one of the one of the jack i end up purchasing three jackets secondhand and one of them is this like J. Crew factory kind of sweater blazer? Ooh, I don't like it. Oh no! So what are you gonna do? Um, I think I'm gonna try to sell it. Okay, and you're so good at selling stuff. I feel like it would sit in my on the floor of my bedroom for seven months before I even dealt with it. But you're very good about getting stuff out there online and selling it. Kate, I'm not gonna lie. I don't. enjoy it. Oh, I do enjoy it. It makes me feel good. I like the act of selling it. It's it's just like, it's a little thing that I get gratification out of. Well, that seems like kind of a self-care side hustle. You know what? It's an S-C-H-S-H. A six Is that how you pronounce it? It is. That's the official way. Okay, that's what I thought. That's what all the kids are saying. Yep. Um, no, there was like a minute. I don't know. if Do you remember this? This was before we started the podcast. I was like, I'm going to start a new business, like selling people's clothes. <laughs> yes, I do remember you had a moment and where you, you were like, that sounds great. And then our other friend was like, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a terrible idea. It is a lot of work. Yes, yeah. I realize that's a lot of work and something that I probably don't want to take on. But I can, <clears throat> I can take on selling my own shit. But I do think you would be good at like a person like as a person who goes into closets and helps somebody purge and then helps them sell it all that was the business that was the business yes you would be excellent as that thank you kate well everyone stay tuned (laughs) you never know where dory's life is gonna go you never know it's a it's a it's a real you know it's funny you say that just one more one more quick thing an anecdote um my husband asked me we were recording a bonus episode for the podcast that we do, Mandory's Excellent Adventure. Heard of it. Um, and he asked me in, it was, how do you phrase it? It was like, in two months, like, what do you want to have happened in your life? And I was like, Ugh. like, I can't, I don't like think 
I don't think about the future like that. It's weird. I don't think so. I've never thought about what I want to happen in two months. I know. I think maybe I should be more intentional about what I want to happen in two months. Could we make this a topic for another episode? Yeah. Let's each think about that and then bring it to the table. I love it. Okay. Okay, great. Listeners, do you want to do this too? Yes. Let's, let's all do all it. Think about Sammy. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Sammy's, Sammy's gonna think like, about. Oh. We're all gonna think about where we're gonna be. What we want. Sammy's to Sammy's like, be. my intention is to not listen to you two. <laughs> Yammer <Yeah>. on. <laughs> what What would it mean? Like, are we setting goals for where we want to be in two months, or is it more just like, I want to be calm. I want to have my calendar under control. I want to be leaving work by six o'clock. Like, what are the kind of? I don't know. Kate. Or is it like I want to have my novel written? Right. I mean, I think that actually the intentions that we set week to week are maybe good sort of guides for this. Okay. We're going to think about this a little bit. This would be fun to have one big intention setting episode. Yeah. Okay. It's on the, it's on the bulletin board. So if, if you want to join us or if you have comments on secondhand online shopping on vomiting, on any of the topics we've covered. <laughs> self-care while vomiting. Yeah, self-care while shopping, or your intentions, uh, you can call us at 781-591-0390. You can also email us at forever35podcast at gmail.com. And we also have a contact form on our website, forever35podcast.com. And as always, we have a Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash forever35podcast. And the little passcode to get in is serums. So if you type in serums when it asks you a question, you should be good You're to go. You're automatically in. Um, and just a reminder that everything we mention on the podcast is always on our website, forever35podcast.com, where we also have some additional content, thanks to Amber, including her candle corner. Which I'm burning one of her candles. It smells great. In the living room right oh, now. It smells great. Thank you, Amber. And you can follow us on Instagram at forever35podcast and on Twitter at forever35pod. And before we get to our next topic, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I'm going to toot my own horn. 
effortlessly chic, whether it's winter or, or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic intelligent people on this podcast. But I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year, I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So, this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm I hearing mean, those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes. Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be Redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events. There's weddings. There's nights out. It's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. 
Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Super Power Short. The Super Power Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that thing every day. I do too. Uh, It's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me, let me just tell you why. Yeah. Get into it. Do you want to tell me why? No, no. I was just (laughs) going to say like, I, I, I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes. That's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. And just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, oh God, like get this off of me. No, thank <laughs> once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see also, how it like, could be. Yes. Also like summer sweat under those underwires. It's like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. So Dory, yes. we've gotten a lot of listener um, emails and messages asking about nail care. Yes. And when I mentioned it to you, I mentioned that I hate my nails. And you mentioned that you got manicures once a week. And we felt like this was worthy of an episode. For sure. We have nail stuff to talk about. We have a lot of nail stuff to talk um, about. And I'm curious, like we get a lot of what do you do to take care of your hands questions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And for me... My hands are laced with insecurity. You're looking at my hands right now. I am. I have to hide my nails. I hate them <clears> so much. I am. I mean, I think like like 99% of the things that we are self-conscious about, like other people don't notice these oh, yes. things. And they are, I realize too, like I don't like to be on the podcast and say like, I hate this about myself. I realize that's not yeah. perpetuating the best message. But I am also trying to be honest yeah. and tell you that since I was a child, I have not liked my hands. I have not liked the hair on my knuckles. I have, and I I can't stand my short nail beds or my weak fingernails. Do you? Okay, I feel like getting at the root of this is that that could take us hours. This is what a therapist is for. Yes, but I I mean. I, I will just say I, I there is nothing wrong with your nails. Nope. Okay. Um and I'm curious what you do to take care of them, or is it a thing where like it's so it's just so upsetting for you to look at them that you can't even take care of Here's them? Here's the deal. I have always been like a nail nibbler. Not necessarily a nail biter, but I like chew on my hands. Okay. I don't bite the nails, but other nail nibblers will know what I'm talking about. You mean like the hangnails? You kind of just like dig your nails under, dig your teeth underneath your nails. Oh, okay. I, I just, I'm always kind of picking at my nails with my teeth. Okay. I wouldn't like eat my fingernails mm-hmm, off, mm-hmm. Pick, chewing the skin off. Mm-hmm, I mean, let's just get mm-hmm, real into mm-hmm. it. Um, and I've always had very weak 
nails that rip and break really easily. And because I have really small nail beds, they've just never grown. So I've always, and I have very long fingers. So I have like long fingers and tiny nails. And um, I've never, you know, I've done like nail teaks and things like that to make my fingernails grow, but I had never really thought about caring for my nails because I just kind of clip them so short. They rip and break so easily that I just keep, normally keep them very short. I cut them. I don't like filing because it makes my like skin crawl. And I've never been very good at like oiling my cuticles or mm. pushing back mm-hmm. my cuticles mm-hmm. or anything like that. I, I did make a cons- more concerted effort in the past year to kind of like look into how to care for my nails and like groom them. So mm-hmm. I might begin to not f- have a hang up about my hands. Yep. Yep. Um, but I didn't get very, also it takes work. That's the other thing. It's like, yeah. a, it's like grooming anything else. And so I kind of got lazy with it. Okay. Um, excuse me. So I don't do too much when I find, when I get a manicure, it chips or my nails break and rip so easily it kind of doesn't feel worth it Mm -hmm. and gel uh, even though I know people say it's not bad for your nails does weaken my nails in my experience so I don't often do a gel so I'm just kind of here living my life so Kate I think other than shape I don't think we have the same shape nails but what you were describing sounds very familiar to me. Um, my nails are also very weak. Okay. Um, they also don't grow very long. They rip, they break, they tear. Mm-hmm. Um, if I don't take care of them, but... Which you do. Which I do. And like getting... I was in preparation for this episode. I was trying to remember when I started getting weekly manicures it's such a that's amazing. and it's been i mean it's probably been 15 years so like every do you have a day like every monday do you go you know i had been before i quit my job i had been going on the weekends okay um now i've been i've been going on thursdays just because okay that's a great um, day i also like you'll note that my so my nails are painted uh very pale pink right now I love it thank you so what I like about this is the chips don't really show okay so you can your manicure will really last a full week um Hmm. if you get darker colors it's just gonna look bad very quickly so I'm gonna get a manicure tomorrow because I have a wedding to attend okay so this is good advice you would advise a pale pink I would and maybe advise that a, should last through the weekend I would advise a pale pink so I actually got these before I went to a wedding oh my gosh really you've had those for almost a week I got these yeah I left I left town last Wednesday morning I got these on Tuesday so let me clarify that your this nails is a week. look they look freshly painted thank you now Here's a question. Yes. What's the financial investment of a manicure a week? How much are you dropping on a manicure? Um, wait, I'm sorry. Oh. I lied. I got these on. I got these in Boston. I got these on Thursday. Well, you know what? So Liars aren't welcome. It here. hasn't been a week, but it has been five days. Yeah, that's a long time. Um, I find in Los Angeles, uh, a, a like relatively inexpensive manicure usually runs about $15. Okay. Um, you can get a manicure at an expensive place for 30 to $40. But basically you're spending, if you got a latte every five days a week at, during work, 
It's oh. about the same as a manicure per week. I'm just trying to a like cost is like, is like almost, I feel like it's $5. Yeah. Um, and I usually give a $5 tip. Right. That makes sense. So it's 20 bucks. It week. ends up being $20. Um, and then I usually get a pedicure every two to three weeks. Okay. Um, so what I like about this, I also, um, I tend to get hangnails and my cuticles tend to get really dry. And so what I like about getting a manicure every week is like someone else is taking care of it. It's like this little thing that's not that expensive that I can do for myself. It doesn't take that long. Um, you know, you're usually in and out half an hour, 40 minutes at the most. If like someone is really slow, um, I keep my nails really short mm-hmm. and I always say like, they'll always be like, just file. And I'm usually like, no, cut them. Yeah. Like I want them really short. Do you have a go-to color? Like, do you know what the name of that pale pink is? This, <laughs> this pale pink has a horrible name that I will. I mean, do any of them have good names? No, but this one is called sugar daddy. Oh yeah. That's bad. <laughs> There's also one that I like called starter wife. Are you kidding? No. <laughs> They're terrible. Sugar Daddy and Starter uh-huh. Wife. Now, these are Essie polishes. So okay. these are not non-toxic polishes. Um, Deborah Lippman makes really nice non-toxic nail polishes. There's a few other brands um, that make... But those generally are at the nicer salons. So... And they don't last. I've found they don't last as They will long. cost... You know, I find Deborah Lippman actually okay. is pretty good and lasts. Um but yeah, so what I will usually do is I will occasionally get a dark color just to like a pink or a red just to, you know, spice things sure. up a bit. But my go-to is usually a pale pink, which is a trick I learned from the sorority girls at my college. They always had a pale pink <laughs> they always manicure? always had a pale pink manicure. Now that uh, you've told me that you get a manicure every week, I always notice that your hands always look nice. Oh, thank you. Always. And I'm always like, oh, she must have just gotten a fresh manicure. But it's a consistent it's thing. It's a consistent thing. And I, I like, because of the shape of my nails, I always ask for round nails, which basically just means they're kind of, like, filing the sides mm-hmm. down. Okay. Um, yeah. And so I also at home have a little uh, cuticle nipper thing. Now, do you find when you go get the weekly manicure, do they cut your cuticles every time? Or is that oh, too much? They do usually cut my cuticles every time. Um, Something that I, when I lived in New York, I started saying like, just cut the sides because I was finding that they were cutting the bottoms too much for some reason. I don't know if that was like a New York thing, but you can tell them like, just do the sides and push back. Okay. That's what I'm going to say tomorrow. Yeah. And they'll totally do that. Um, And yeah, I mean, that's like, that's kind of my, that's, that's, that's what I do. Now, do you do anything to keep, like, I have a little oil extract that I bought from Essie that I try to use, but I've just found the almond oil that I use to moisturize. I just try to like rub it into my cuticles. Yeah. I'm not great about keeping my cuticles extra moisturized. I do use the, I've mentioned this before on the podcast, the Caudalie hand cream mm-hmm. that I really like. Um, I use that just to kind of keep my hands moisturized. It's also, it's a little easier in LA. Like when I lived in New York, I felt like my hands got really chapped. Right. It's cold. And it's cold. And, um, that was harder, but it's, it's a little easier here, I think, to take care of your nails. 
I'm curious. I feel like if I had a manicure every week and that was on my schedule, that would also be the first thing to go if I got busy. So how do you like stay consistent at keeping that a thing that you do every week? Um, I mean, sometimes I don't like sometimes, especially if I like, if I'm really busy, there will be weeks when I, when it just falls by the wayside. And then I will, like I said, I have a the first things to go are like my, my, the sides of my cuticles that like the kind of hangnail-y things. Um, but I have a cuticle nipper at home. Okay. So I will just kind of trim those myself. Um, and then if they're getting really long, I will clip them a little bit, but usually, you know, if you get a pale pink color, you can't tell that you've cut them. Um, and I, I have am- a, I have a little file. So sometimes I'll just like do a jute jute. A jute jute, your jute. favorite, my thing favorite to do. expression, but you know, it really says it all. It really speaks to so many it things does. you could be doing. Yeah. Now, what are your at-home tools? You have a cuticle cutter. I have a cuticle have cutter. Clippers. I have a nail clipper. I have a file. And is your file like a fancy glass one? No, it's like a file that they like at some of the nicer salons. They'll like give you the file that they used on your oh. nails. It's just like a cheap 50 cent file but i'll i'll keep that around do you ever buff your nails i have a little buffer thing but usually because my nails have polish on them unless i go to the trouble of taking off the polish which i i would say almost never do in fact i don't even think i have nail polish remover in my house oh my gosh really yeah wow i also i will say i'm with you on gel manicures i i got one not that long ago and like it did look amazing. I had these like ombre nails. I think we talked uh-huh. about, I think we mentioned those on the podcast, but then they started peeling and I was like, I couldn't help myself. So I ripped them <gasps> off and it really does damage your nails. Um, I know there are people who love gel manicures who swear by them and that's great for them. They just don't work for me. Yeah. Um, I also have never gotten like acrylics or never, ever, not even in high school. Um, I, I might have gotten them once or twice. I got shimmery yes, I got acrylics. Them, I got them prom. for the prom. Yes, for prom. Yeah, I got them for the Did prom. Did you get a, a French manicure acrylic? They were like red. You missed out. I on... guess I did. I don't think I've ever gotten a French manicure. Okay, so I love French manicures and I want them to come back. I wish I want I wish I had nails like that on which a French manicure looked great, but also I really want them to come back in style. I love you know what a is French you know manicure. what is kind of in style is a French manicure that's not the white tips. Right. Like a or a reverse French. I've gotten a reverse French. I, I don't want like a bright white tip, but kind of like a gentle French manicure. I actually think it might be called an American manicure. Oh. I could be making this up. Oh. I went deep once on Pinterest. But I love not like you know how Britney Spears always has a French manicure. Yeah. Not that intense. Yeah. But a subtle French manicure, I think it's so pretty. You should get one. I did a couple years ago and it looked ridiculous. It's hard to pull yeah, off. Yeah, I am not a huge French manicure fan. Personally. I'm going to sugar daddy or starter wife it up, I think. Yeah, Mademoiselle is also a, a classic. That's the one I know. That's a classic. Now, do you go in with your own polish? No. Because I sometimes do that so that I could touch up, like if I chip it. Yeah. But then you're buying polish and then you have to store yeah. polish at home. I actually have a bunch of polishes that I, I was actually going to ask you if your kids like to play with nail polish. Oh, do they ever? I'm going to bring you some that I just don't use. Can I tell you? I got a manicure while I was in labor with my first child. Oh, my God. That's amazing. I just remember. Wow. Was that like a service the hospital provided? Oh, no, no. I like I, I started laboring 
And the contractions were really far apart. And I was like, you know what? And I was, when I was pregnant, I would get manicures as kind of just like a self-care thing. It just felt really nice. So I went and got a manicure and then like, you know. I love that. I was just contracting there in the seat as they did my nails. Oh my God, Kate. That's (laughs) amazing. Um, Wow. Well, I'm going to work on not hating my hands as I much. Would, I think that's a good intention. I want to tell you one thing that does strengthen my nails, tell which me. we're going to talk about in a mini episode we're, we're recording later today, collagen. Oh, yeah. People say that that works. It has been crazy because I've spent my whole life, my mom had weak nails, mm-hmm. her mom had weak nails. Mm-hmm. I like when my kids were born, I was like, I hope you get your dad's nails. I'm really hoping to get my weak ass nails. Time will tell. Time will tell. And they don't even, they don't, they don't have this. I'm not going to pass on this hang up. Um, But uh, the collagen is the one thing I've seen. And I like have put all sorts of weird crap on my nails to make them stronger. But taking a collagen supplement is the thing that has worked for me. Wow. Well, that's great. You know, you know, the next time I see you, I look forward to seeing what is happening on your fingernails. Well, I've really got to change my attitude from within. It's not my fingernails that need to change. Kate, it's I didn't, me. Look, I didn't want to be the one to have to say it, but it's, I'm really glad you've come to this conclusion by yourself. working on yourself and all your hangups is hard. It is. Like if you don't ask, I know it, right? Like if you ask somebody the thing that they don't like about themselves, it would be some, it's something where you're like, what are you talking about? A hundred percent. But we can't help that we have these things. No. I'm I'm really trying, listeners. I am trying to move beyond. I I appreciate that. I respect it. <laughs> and I look forward to seeing the evolution. And once again, somebody named a nail polish starter wife. <laughs> um, we are gonna take a quick break. So today our guest is my oldest friend. Dr. Allison Livingston. That's Dr. Livingston, I presume? I mean... I mean does everybody make that joke? <laughs> yes. I apologize. It's okay. But um, she is wonderful. We had a great conversation. And yeah, enjoy. So I am here today with Dr. Allison Livingston, L-I-C-S-W. You got it. Um she is a very impressive person. She's also my oldest friend. And yeah, we've been friends for over 30 years. Am I allowed to interrupt to say the story? Because I was thinking about it today. Hit me. So I met Dory when I was nine. Oh and God. I was, oh dear, it was my first day at school, I think, or visiting school. Um, and I was in the new kid. And uh-huh. it was halfway through the semester. Uh-huh. And I thought you were so dope. And you're oh. like, yeah, we're moving to Israel. And I was like, well... <laughs> This is going to be a really tough time. Um, But then I was only there for a year. And then you came back and I was stoked. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember meeting you and thinking you were really cool. And you were coming from New Hampshire, which somehow seemed exotic. (laughs) Isn't that so fucked up? Yes. Um, So, Allie, I'm just going to read your bio. Allison Livingston is the director of Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Education, Training and Development at Brandeis University. She brings nearly 15 years of experience in social justice education and programming, diversity, equity, and inclusion, professional development and consulting, and mental health consulting. Um, Allison has a PhD in social work from Simmons College. Her teaching, research, and social work practice areas are the analysis and eradication of multisystemic privilege and oppression in systems of education and in the private sector. 
She also holds a master's degree in social work from New York University and a Bachelor of Arts degree from Haverford College. And a high school diploma from Brookline from High School. BHS all the way. <laughs> nice ass Brookline Mass, whatever. It's fine. And an eighth grade diploma from Pierce School. I know, and I worked really hard for that. That's oh, the thing. We sure did. We sure did. Um, there are a lot of words in that bio. There I appreciate. Are. Yeah. Yeah. So can you kind of explain what it is that you do? Yes. And it might change tomorrow because this work is really complex and emotional and complicated. So I carry out the curricular and co-curricular strategy around diversity, equity, and inclusion at Brandeis University, which means that I work with faculty, staff, and students to explore folks' understanding of what social justice is in 2018 Mm -hmm. and what it means to enact social justice in one's professional academic practice. And there are a lot of different understandings of what social justice actually is. And so I'm new in this position. So I'm the inaugural director and I won't say the whole thing because we'll be here all night. Um, (laughs) So that means a lot of my work right now, and I've only been on this team for four or five months, is getting a sense of what people understand about what the phrase social justice means Mm. so that we can figure out what the heck it means to one's practice in one's practice. Yeah. And especially in a college setting. Yes. And in a college setting that is quite unique in a lot of ways. So Brandeis was founded in 1948 um, by a group of Jewish folk because they were claiming their power Mm -hmm. because... um, Many people who are Jewish were not allowed to enroll in some of the Ivies. Right. And so um, this Brandeis was created out of social justice and expression and power. And social justice and the expressions of it have changed so much since then. And Mm -hmm. it's unclear what it means to be a social justice institution today. Yeah. Um, that in a way that is intersectional and like, what does that even mean? And yeah. folk don't really know. Um, so our roots are in fighting anti-Semitism and anti-Jewish oppression. Mm-hmm. And now we're thinking about, okay, so what does it mean to do an intersectional social justice practice when mm-hmm. that is our root? Little yeah. tiny, tiny bits of work. <laughs> it's really nothing. I really sleep very well every night. I do. Um, well, there's, I mean, there's so many things I want to talk to you about the first one, though, you know, you said you've only been in this job for a few months yes. and you had a faculty position before I this. Did. So what appealed to you about this specific job and the mission of this yeah. job? So this was uh, really a huge shift in my life. So I am a social worker. I identify really strongly as a school social worker. And um I finished my doctorate in 20 and I was just in that program for so long that it just was really just torture. Um, And when one goes through a doctoral program, the assumption is that most folk are going to become a member of faculty. Right. And so that's what you do. That's kind of the holy grail. That's the whole, it's the holy grail. And that's like what you're taught that 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 is what you're supposed to be doing. And so it actually really limits how some people, me, I'll speak for myself, Mm -hmm. how I thought about what I might do with a doctorate in social work. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, So I, um, oh, I have something to drink. I'm drinking Miller Lights because (laughs) that's how I do. Um, 
So I was fortunate to grab a faculty position at Simmons College in the School of Social Work um, when Simmons College was interested in creating a Bachelor of Social Work program. Mm -hmm. Simmons College in Massachusetts has the oldest master clinical social work program in the country. Um, And social work really came out of undergraduate education, but that wasn't the course for Simmons. Fine. So I had this opportunity to develop this program with um, a mentor, colleague, brilliant person whose name is Denise Hildreth. And she was the director and I was the director of field education for the BSW program. And I was a halftime faculty member. And it was great. I was in the classroom. I was developing policy and programming around uh, co-curricular education with a social justice thread. Okay. And I learned a ton about all kinds of good stuff at Simmons, Mm -hmm. specifically about gender. Mm, Um, because Simmons undergraduate is a single gender institution or was, and now it's more open. So that doesn't mean that um, it's a co-ed institution. It means that um, it's not as connected with the gender binary as it was in the past. Oh, interesting. Okay. So now folk who are gender nonconforming go to Simmons as well. So I had that position and then I moved on to a state school at Salem State and I was a full-time faculty member. I realized that I needed to do full-time faculty work instead of mm. splitting my time between um, running a program and being in the classroom. And I taught a lot. So I taught um, a load of four and four and tenure, like tenure track or tenured faculty they are going outside and taking a couple breaths or like smoking, even if they don't smoke, like when you hear four and four, because it's a lot. Yeah. Um, it's a teaching school that is under resourced because it's a state school. So we yeah. taught a lot and it was the best thing that happened to me in a lot of ways. Um, while I was doing my work at Salem state, I sometimes say doing time, but it sounds like yeah. I was incarcerated, which yeah. is like not appropriate no. in so many ways. Yeah. While I was doing that, I started doing a lot of consulting around intersectional racial justice for schools and school systems because my research was in the area of racial justice and schools and school systems. Yeah, I didn't want to interrupt you, yeah. but I, you know, I know what you did your dissertation on. Um, do you want to talk just a tiny bit about that just to give people kind of the background on that? Yeah. So Dory and I went to school together for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And so I'm a black person. I know that Dory said I like was living in New Hampshire. And so you're like, oh, that person can't be black. I'm black. <laughs> Um, and I have a Jamaican mom, and um, but I was born in the States. And my dissertation was about the perceived mattering of black women who attended uh, a majority white high school in Massachusetts. It was a Brooklyn high school. It's fine. Um, and so what I found was that um, when I asked my respondents directly, did you feel that you mattered? Most said, yeah, sure. But then when I asked some other specific questions that are indicators of mattering, like, mm. did you feel like your school... <laughs> Do you feel like this your school felt like it was a better place because you were there? Oh, they wow. said no. Do you feel right. that your school felt like they wanted to hear from you about yep. what your life was like? They said no. Yeah. Most respondents. Yeah. Um and so that got me really intrigued and that was my experience in yeah. many ways and I have a lot of a lot I could talk about with regard to racial identity and my yeah. racial identity journey. Uh but that was my experience. So when I was at SSU, I was doing a ton of consulting. And then my husband and I, who's white, uh, hetero, cis, um, decided we were going to have a kid. Uh, And I was 38. Wait, your husband? uh, Sorry. You said said my husband and I decided, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
But that's appropriate that you said it that way because <laughs> I was still on like the no side of yes. Well, I remember. Yeah. I mean, you and I had had some conversations yeah. about it and you, you, you seemed really ambivalent for a long time. Long time. What? I don't know, 30 years. I didn't love being a kid. And so I was like, yeah. why would I do this? And kids take your money and your youth. Yeah, and, and I you still were raised by a true. single mom. It's and... true. It was tough. Yeah. Um, not tougher than other people, but it was sure. tough for me. Yeah. Um, and so we decided we were going to try it. And I was like 38. And I was like, wait a minute. I don't even know if I can get pregnant. Yeah. Like, it's not like when you're 23 and you're doing everything to not get pregnant. Totally. Right? When you're 38, you're like, yeah, I'm making a shrug. Yeah. Yep. Um, we got pregnant on the first try. Yeah. Yeah. I was like down with those ovulation kits. Those bitches work. Yeah. No, okay. they do. They do. And so the way my uterus works and the way his sperm works. Yep. We were compatible. Yeah. I got pregnant on the first cycle. Yeah. So um, then I had a kid and she's her name is Liv. And she's so cute. She's wicked cute. She's like, she's she's very special. She looks like a butterscotch pudding cup. But like, she's so cute. Sorry, I'm just going to gush about your Do, child for one on. moment, if I may. Take your time. But like her, she's only 18 months old. True. But like her personality, like she's a ham ham bone <laughs> okay spiral bone in ham like she wants that attention she and likes it. she is funny she's like her mama she'll do anything for a laugh yeah i will do anything for yeah a laugh. you are always re- you are yeah, really funny. funny person yeah um so you've been, you've explained kind of what you do and yeah. honestly allison like it sounds exhausting i'm exhausted yeah. And this is a podcast about self-care. Yeah. And so one of the things that I was really interested in talking with you about was when you have this job that is so emotionally draining yeah. constantly, mm-hmm. how do you take care of yourself? So it was a bit easier when I was on faculty because my hours were incredibly flex- flexible. So that meant that I could do yoga or go to the gym like during the week. Are, are, you, a yoga, could, are you a certified yoga am, teacher? Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. So I taught yoga for a while. Yeah, actually. no, I remember. Um, and I stopped teaching yoga because I was teaching social work so much that I was starting into a villain. And so that meant Wait, that what do you I, mean? Would, I would teach my yoga classes and I would say, step your right foot forward. And if people didn't, I'd be like, you're on the right foot. <laughs> and that's not what people are paying for. No. It's not. So I had to take myself out. Okay. Sometimes you have to step back. That's good that you were like self-aware aware enough. Very aware. I'm very aware. Um, it's been challenging with my position. I have a job that I love and that is like a core part of my character, of like who yeah, I am and my no, identity. Totally. And which I is can, amazing, but also really draining. Which is incredibly draining. And so I... Often will try to leave my house at like 10 of seven to go to the gym before I go to work. There's no working. There's no working out after work because mm-hmm. I pick up my kid or want to be involved in nighttime routines. Right. And then I try to carve out some time on Saturdays and Sundays, but I'm somebody who is very interested in fitness. Yeah. And this week was wild. So I, I think I worked out. Did I work out once this week? That's like not. That's unheard of. Before I had right. my kid, I worked out six days a week. For two of those days, I worked out for two hours. Wow. It's such a core part of my mental health. Yeah. I'm somebody who is anxious. Yeah. And so um, 
it's essential. This yep. week was tough. I will get back on next week. I'm going to try to work out tomorrow. We just closed on a house today. Yay, so and it's exciting. Yeah. But we have a bunch of stuff to do tomorrow. Um, so exercise is my jam. Yeah. That's what I do to feel in my body and good. What kind of exercise do you do now? So I love power yoga. Um, the hot kind. Oh yeah. You're hardcore. Yeah. It's fun. <laughs> so it's like 97 in oh there God. with like 40% Allison, humidity. Yeah. <laughs> you would laugh because when I go to yoga class, if it's above like 75 mm-hmm. degrees in the room, I'm like, Oh, it's so hot. You're like, can someone turn on a fan? <laughs> is there a fan in here? Like, <laughs> what is this torture? Like, can we get yeah. some AC? <laughs> I like it hot up in there. And, um, I love to spin. I take spin classes. Um, I get on the elliptical and I read some stuff on, the, I mean, I'm down with people magazine with us weekly. Okay. So that's also yeah. a part of your self care, oh. letting yourself kind of zone out. zone out. I need to think about, um, silly things and some things aren't so silly, but also like I, I will look at some hair care stuff okay. and beauty products. And I'm not even somebody who has that much. Yeah. You product. have natural hair. I do. So I have a, a like a, uh, teeny weeny afro and so is that called twa teeny weeny afro yeah exactly so that's the lingo oh, okay. just for people okay and so i have to work really hard to keep it moisturized mm. so i drink a lot of water even though water tastes like nothing and so why am i wasting my time but i drink it <laughs> um and so i use jojoba oil on my scalp like oh. a, probably every other day and okay. then i use um this mixed chicks amazing curl moisturizer cream i've heard people talk about my this. life yeah i i have a really hard time keeping my hair moisturized mm. and so i found the thing that works so i do that um because was, i was having a lot of breakage in my hair because yeah. it was so dry when i was pregnant i looked like an earth mama <laughs> okay <laughs> glowing ass and my hair was like huge <laughs> It was like messed up. Um, and then once the hormones dropped, I looked like a haggard. Oh, no. Haggard bag. You were like, wait. And wait for me. I loved you. Um, so I think about that a lot. And I drink water and I try to sweat like several times a week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, about hair. Mm-hmm. When did you decide to go natural? So uh, I remember it well. I was relaxing my hair so that's like a straight process that's really toxic for you yeah. and it like burns it's burning her straight i remember when we were kids yeah. i didn't really understand yeah. black hair sure. and i remember you would be like i can't hang out this weekend i have to go get my hair done yeah and you're like this weekend like, the yeah whole weekend? well and you i think you still got it done in new hampshire yeah and it would take hours and i was like hours oh, she must just like to get her hair done in New Hampshire. Right. But I didn't really understand. Yeah. And now I understand more about black hair. Sure. But um, yeah, that's just. And you know, there are places to go in Boston, but when you find your person, right. that's what you do, right? right. All, that's true for so many of us and no matter what kind of hair yep. you have. Um, and so I was a junior maybe in college or sophomore in college. And I was like, I can't take this anymore. Yeah. And I cut all my hair off. Um, I think... You know what? I studied abroad. I was going to say, was it when yes. you were studying abroad? And I got braids before I went abroad because that's what a lot of black people do. It's oh, like, interesting. I didn't know where I was going to get my hair done and to keep it like manageable looking. Right. I got braids and then I got it braided again when I was in France and I love the braids I got in France. Um, and then I came back from France and I shaved that shit off. And that was at a time when people weren't, I mean, I went to very white college and 
I didn't know anybody else like cutting their hair that short. And I had a good looking head, thank goodness. (laughs) And it worked out okay. And I do have a cute head. Thanks friend. Yeah. And, um, I cut off all my hair and I've been natural since I had dreadlocks for quite some time, which is another natural hairstyle. I remember that. Um, and then again, I have such a problem with moisture and I didn't know how to take care of it. Mm. So here's the thing. Um, Growing up in predominantly white spaces, I didn't have that many like connections with black people to engage right. in these kinds of dialogues. And um, I didn't know that I needed to moisturize. And so I cut off all my dreadlocks because they weren't as healthy as I would have liked them to have been. And now here I am with a teeny weeny afro. And it looks great. Thanks, friend. Um, well, that actually sort of leads me to my next question, which is about your mom. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember... Well, I'll tell you what I remember about yes, your mom please. growing I would up. I love this. This would help me so much. So I remember your mom being gorgeous. Gorgeous. Like I was intimidated. I was intimidated by her because she was intimidating, yes. but I was also intimidated by her because she was so beautiful. Sure. Um, but she was tough. Lordy, Lordy Lou. I mean, I was like on my best behavior around her because you did not want Colleen. Oh, to, to you did not want to get out. on Colleen's bad no, side. Ma'am. No, ma'am. And that so, was my everyday. Yeah. yeah. And like you weren't allowed to have sleepovers nope. and she yeah. was a very strict Jamaican yeah. mom. Yeah. Um, so what was what was that like kind of growing up with that mom mm-hmm. and then kind of learning more about yourself and wanting to be your own person. But Mm -hmm. also I assume, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I assume also wanting to like respect where you came from and respect your mom. Um, So I don't know, just tell me kind of a little bit what that whole process was like. So, uh, gosh, it's how long do you have? We don't have (laughs) much time. Um, So you know me and I am somebody who likes to have fun. I'm super social, uh, yeah, I'm somebody who has can feel like some social anxiety for sure. But the fit between my mom and I, is that the right word? I, not me. me. It's me. Between my me, mom and yeah, me. Thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Um, was tough. Yeah. She's very closed. Yeah. And private. Yeah. And I'm somebody who like at my core is exuberant. Yes. and Social. Yes. You're an and extrovert. I really am. Yeah. And so do I like being alone? Sure. But I, tr- I am an extrovert. Yeah. And, and you um, make friends really easily. Really easily because that's how, like, that feeds me. Like, yeah. That's my, ener- that's one of like my energizing places. That's like the definition of an extrovert. Exactly. She didn't get that about yeah. me. About, like, biologically, Jeanette, like, that's who I am. Yeah. So you were really extroverted. Yes. Um, and, you know, we talk a lot on this podcast about kind of the things that we learn from our moms. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I am wondering, like, what did you learn from your mom? And then what did you feel like you had to kind of break away from yeah. her? Um, learning from my mom, so many things. Uh, she is somebody who is really committed to education. And so mm-hmm. that also, I think, so it, it's like a nature nurture thing. So I yep. watched that happen, but I also get a lot of my energy from academics yeah and being good in the classroom and yep. like that kind of validation yeah so and I think she does too yeah and so that was something that was really important um you know interestingly enough like what I, what I want to say is that she supported my self-confidence and in in some ways she did mm-hmm. but I think that's something that is an area where she struggles mm. a lot and so she 
taught me a lot about that because I watched her not feel beautiful. So you mm. thought my mom was gorgeous and I did too. I thought she was yeah. the most gorgeous person gorgeous. I've ever seen in my life. My mom doesn't feel like that about herself. Oh. Like to this day. Um, and I, there's so much for her right. around that. Um, and so I just felt like I wanted to feel more sure in my bod. Mm. Um, things I want to leave. Uh she can have a hard time like creating relationships mm -hmm. and making friendships. Yeah. And I think so. So my mom's mom passed away when she was 16. Okay. And my mom then had a lot of responsibility for her siblings. Mm -hmm. My mom has like 10 or 11 siblings. Um, and so when someone, Is she the oldest, no, okay. Um, she was like in the middle, but had several younger brothers. Mm. Uh, and so she had to, kind of make things work. Yeah. It was very, it was a very tough situation. Yeah. Um, and so she had to be closed off. Right. And as somebody who, speaking for myself, is like naturally quite open. Yeah. Uh, it was very confusing for me. So sometimes I am quite closed off, not because I want to be, but because that's my templating and what yep. I view. Yeah. So that, I, I want to have a, so I have a daughter now. Yeah. And I want her to know that like I'm in charge, right? Because yeah. otherwise, you know, things happen. Yeah. Um, but I want to talk about all kinds of stuff yeah, and get to know her and yeah. allow myself to be known. That was the thing. My mom didn't allow herself to be known. Mm. And that's what I miss. Yeah. That's what I want to be different. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, when we talk about self care, like she probably didn't have that much time for self care. No way. She was working full time. She's a single mom. That's right. And by full time, I mean like three jobs full time. Yeah. I mean, it was rough for her. I mean, there were times I remember her crying because she wasn't mm. sure if she could like, if we had enough food, mm. like it was like that. It was yeah. like, we were poor. Like yeah. we were like on food stamps for, yeah. um, when we were in New Hampshire and then things changed a little bit, but she worried all the time. And that kind of chronic stress is so makes people really sick Yeah, and it impacts families. Yeah. Right? And so I couldn't, because of the way that I am almost like a very intuitive, like feeling sucking, connecting person, mm -hmm. I felt her anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have to kind of like learn how to let that go. Yeah. yeah. Um, so thinking about your daughter. Yes. She's like, she looks like a garbanzo bean oh with leggings. She is like, she's so delightful. Yeah. She's just delightful. Delight. Um, you, I mean, you also work full time I do. and work like pretty long hours. Mm -hmm. Um, you have a partner, mm -hmm. but it's still a lot. Sure. Um, before we started recording, you were making her lunch for tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Um, but that seemed, as I was like watching you, mm -hmm. that seemed to be something that brings you joy. It does. Can you tell me a little bit about it? It does. And so that's the weird thing about all this. There's so yeah. much like gendered stuff that happens. So I'm in a like heterosexual partnership and who knows if I like like it or if I've been trained to like it. I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. Yeah. Whatever. But I like making her wholesome foods. Yeah. And my husband would too, but I like packing her lunch. Yeah. Um, so she is somebody who um, I think might be a lot like me. And so watching her do her thing is really incredibly rejuvenative for me. Yeah. And it makes me like express myself in like bigger, better ways. Aww. And there's also like, so again, heterosexual cis couple. Um, there's some things that like I, as mama, I just do. Yeah. And so if mama's on around, like some things don't get done. And it's not like my husband can't do it. But again, 
do I like doing it? Or is it because it's what is supposed to happen because of our socialization? I don't really know. Right. But it's what mama does. Well, and as someone who has a PhD in social work, it must be hard to not constantly be analyzing it. Um, So that's interesting. Um, But just in terms of like, we talk about meal planning a lot Mm -hmm. on the podcast too. And I noticed that you took out a container that had chicken breasts in Mm -hmm. it and you just cut one of them up. And Mm -hmm. so what is that? Do you do that once a week? You prep everything for the week and what's that process like? Yes. So um, we were on chicken breasts for a a while, all organic. um, And now we're on chicken thighs because they're a little bit juicier and breasts get kind of dry and then Mm. she doesn't like them as much. I mean, thighs taste better. Of course. She's not a monster. (laughs) She knows what's up. Okay. I mean, I um, told you she was precocious. Okay. <laughs> so we, in the summer and in the winter, like cook up a bunch of chicken, um, grill it up or put it in the oven. And she likes seasoning. So it's mm. like, it's got salt, pepper, it's got olive oil, onion You're powder, garlic powder. Yeah. So she likes when things don't have like a taste, like she gets I love it. that. So it's awesome. So I season everything up. And we have a bunch of, and that's for us too. So because Mm. we're so busy, we need to have our proteins done every week. Okay. Because then we can throw together some beans, some pasta, um, some rice, whatever it is, because we don't have that much time. Yeah. And Maddie and I need to really, um, Matt's my husband, um, and I call him Maddie. We need to just um, make sure that we plan our lives so that we can really spend time after we put our kid to bed and we are blessed our kid sleeps yeah and she's down with sleeping like she we get her up at 6 30 we have to wake her behind oh, up i love this child um, she's juicy as hell and she goes down and there was a time when it was a little bit more complicated but now she's down at like 7 30 yeah and we can have a conversation yeah we eat dinner we don't eat dinner with her and that's like one thing i wish we did differently in a way mm. but she eats at like five right and i'm running around packing her lunch so tonight her lunch was um seasoned beautiful organic chicken thighs organic black beans that i cook up in chicken stock and a bunch of like salt pepper olive oil butter um onion powder garlic powder scallions whatever's there um she has organic applesauce um some hummus um some oranges Oh, what else did she have? Some and some organic green beans, and so I pack all that stuff together. Yum. I give her some crackers too, and it's like a nice wholesome. Lunch. I know. I was like looking at the lunch. I was like, I would eat that. I, I, that's exactly <laughs> it. That's the lunch that I like to eat. Yeah, we're working. We're trying to work more on introducing more things. Yeah. Um, we want her to like meatballs because they're easy, and she doesn't like them that much. She mm. loves pasta so much. Uh, we make these little pita grilled cheeses for her Ooh, yeah. that she loves. And that's like one of our staples. And then she's never had juice. Mm. Um, she drinks milk or water, mostly water now, because she doesn't need the milk for her calories because she eats plenty of food. Right, right, right. And so she's happy as can be. So we make chicken and we eat the chicken. She eats the chicken. Mm-hmm. And that's how our family manages. And we're kind of getting to a schedule where we get up at 6.15 and we're out of the. I'm out of the house with Liv, or Matt's out of the house with Liv by seven twenty. Um, if he takes her to school, I leave at ten of seven. If I take her, we leave at seven twenty. Wow. Yeah. And all the meal prepping happens on Sundays. Saturdays or Sundays, I'll make a ton of different kinds of beans and yeah. freeze. We freeze a bunch of stuff for her, and we often make the chicken on Sunday, so it'll last for the week. And then I'll make like a big pot of rice on Sunday night. And was this? Sorry, I'm like. I'm fascinated by like family Mm -hmm. meals and meal planning. Mm -hmm. So I'm asking you a lot of questions about it, but like, was this something that you came up with and you said, okay, Matt, this is how we're doing Mm -hmm. it. Or was it something that the two of you kind of evolved or like, how did that happen? I think I probably led the way because I'm the person who does like most of the grocery shopping. Okay. And again, 
I love it, but do I love it because I've been trained to love it or because I really love it? <laughs> right. I don't know. Um, so I'm in charge of what's in the fridge. Yeah. And so we just talked about it and it was tough to figure out. Like, this is hard business. Yeah. Now we have a bit of a routine and people always tell us, oh, you have a kid, you have a routine for like two weeks and then it changes, yada, yada, yada. Um, but we wanted to figure out how do we capitalize on our alone time as a couple. That's really smart. And this is how we do it. We love our baby so much, but we have to find our time. Yeah. And so that drives us. Yeah. And then, you know, you were saying earlier that you have your own alone time as well. And so does your working out kind of also double as like the time you need for yourself? It does. Um, And then on Thursday nights, often Matt plays video games with like a bunch of people like across the country. (laughs) He plays Grand Theft Auto. Uh And then I watch like Real Housewives of the Potomac. I tell you, I do. Yes, you do. I watch the whole franchise really, except for New Jersey. There's something about it that just doesn't sit right with me. Um, And so I watch my shows like I watch Unreal. I watch like all Mm, kinds of silly stuff. I need time away from thinking about intersectional racial justice yeah and so i have mad garbage recorded on my dvr right now um but you were the one who told me to watch claws and then what happened and i really enjoy that show sick (laughs) it's really i also saw nisi nash interviewed on um interviewed live on this podcast i really like death sex and money she's amazing and she's a genius has that had had like a really fascinating life and career Mm -hmm. Uh, and just kind of knowing that about her and then watching the show. I just, I like love her so much. And Rashida Jones is one of the producers. Like it's just, no, if, if you haven't watched Claws, so there are two seasons yeah. um, and I don't know. I don't know when the next season's coming out. Season two. I think it starts this summer. Okay. Is there one season or, or two fall? seasons? There's only one season out. Oh, okay. Yeah. Great. Um, it's really great writing. It's really funny. It's but also dark. It's dark. But absurd. It's absurd. <laughs> and it's like, there's like racial politics and gender yep. politics yep. and sexism. Class and cla- and- it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Shocking. Yes. It's nasty. It, it is nasty. Okay. <laughs> it's nasty. Okay. Um, well, that seems like a good note to end on. I agree. On. I agree on the nasty. <laughs> um, thank you, Allie. Thank you, Dodo. It's so good to see you. I'm so glad we're still friends. Yeah, me too. Thrilled. Love you. Love you. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it, and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad, they're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm, Okay. Which is visible on my (sighs) neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, Mm. refreshed, They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting-edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially 
a moisturizer, but it has their mm-hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here mm-hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving, that sun is coming at us at all times. One Skin believes the purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. How great is Allison? Don't you want to be her best friend? Yeah, I'm jealous now. You scored a good one. I mean, I kind of did. Not going (laughs) to lie. So, Kate, Mm -hmm. last week... You were going to get real about sleep. I was. And then you got sick. And then I got sick. But you know what I did? I was going to bed at, I meant I did get real about sleep. Mm. I I had been going to bed after midnight and that was kind of wrecking me. I found if I at least turn my light out before midnight, I feel a million times better. Oh, that's awesome. Even if it's 1140, if I just... Get like eleven thirty would be ideal. Mm-hmm. Eleven would be amazing mm-hmm. if I had the lights out at eleven. But normally mm-hmm. I'm getting into bed at eleven and trying to read for you know twenty or thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. And then are you reading anything good right now? I mean, I'm reading our guests' book, oh, our sure. future guest book, yeah. Maureen Goose, the way you make me feel. Mm. Um, but I have a million. I have so many books that I I'm trying to get through, and I really want to be reading more. So going to bed early and reading more, kind of like combined goal got it how did you stay calm while traveling how did that go um it was great we had a great like the wedding was wonderful um and we had a we had a great weekend what is your intention this week well i feel like i'm gonna go with something we kind of already talked about oh yeah which is i'm gonna get a manicure great and i'm gonna try to to not uh self-hate my hands I really like this intention for you. Yeah, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a pale color. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have them keep them short so they don't break. Yep, and then I'm gonna just see how the week goes. Great. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. Um, so my intention this week is actually related to something that you have talked about oh, previously. I'm intrigued. Um, I wrote a piece for the cut recently. Oh, it's so good. Thank you about how I hate the term infertility warrior. And it was the first piece in a while that was like an I guess an opinion sure, piece. Sure, personal of mine, essay. A personal yeah. essay. And the feedback was really positive and that was very um, encouraging, you know, after leaving my job and being like, will I ever write again? Right. You know, very like melodramatically. Um, So it was good to just kind of get that reinforcement and it, and it, it gave me a little more zhuzh. (laughs) Another one of your favorite words. Another one of my favorite all purpose words Um, to I want to go back to this, you know, the project I've been working on. <gasps> yes, 
please go back to it. Because I was like, oh, people like my writing. Yeah. And it's pointed, but not... It was pointed, but based on evidence. Do you know what I mean? You were yeah. raging in a blind way. It was yeah. just very smart and well executed, Thank I thought. Thank you, Kate. It was really good. So... I'm going to try to to get back to some writing this week. That's my intention. I, I, I mean, you know I support that as a person Thank who also you. is always trying to get back to totally. writing. Which I am also trying to do. Great. Um, I can't wait. I, I can't wait in a week to see what you've produced. <sighs> Fingers crossed. Even if it's a hundred words. You know what? Thank you. Doesn't have to be a lot. Thank just, you. It's just opening the document, honestly. Yes. Okay. I feel so much better. It's kind of like... If you put your workout clothes on, that's almost as it's almost working out. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's the yeah. it's just getting through getting into the habit. Mm-hmm. Eventually, if you put your freaking sneakers mm-hmm. on every day, you'll go for a walk. Mm-hmm. So say I. <laughs> oh, boy, I yeah. had a ginger ale. Um, well, you know, I think that wraps things up for this week. I guess it does. So yeah. I'll just I'll just say it. Great. Forever 35 is hosted and produced by Kate Spencer and Dory Shafrir and produced and edited by Sammy Junio. Please leave us Apple Podcast reviews. It really helps people find the show. And next week, facialist Courtney Chisano answers your skincare questions. And she really answers them. She goes deep into questions we got from our Facebook group. It's it's great. You, you won't want to miss it. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. Thank you. Bye.